I'm Jamelyn Steffen, and this is Want to Want It, episode number 67, Unnecessary Suffering. Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelyn Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you and teach you how to desire more as well. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. Uh, A little while ago, I was asked to describe why I wanted to be a coach and why I use some of the specific tools I use in my coaching. And here is the response that I gave. I said, the human life comes with suffering and pain. It's built into this experience. We are going to have sadness and disappointment and grief and even physical pain from broken bones or hurt muscles. What does he, what does he say on Princess Bride? Right, Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something, something like that, right? Anyway, being alive means we are going to experience incredible joy and some intense pain. But what I see is that many of us add unnecessary suffering to our inevitable suffering or to the normal pains of living. And as a coach, that's what I want to help people with. That is why I do what I do. I want to help people eliminate the unnecessary suffering they add to their lives. So that was my answer to this question of why I wanted to be a coach and why I continue to coach. And today I want to talk about unnecessary suffering and the ways that we create it in our lives. Because we're wired to avoid pain, we think whenever we feel anything uncomfortable or painful, that something is going wrong. When we think that something's going wrong, we then begin to suffer. We are victims now. We don't have control. Things aren't how they should be. And we start to experience emotional suffering. So if you can't accept that life is oftentimes 50-50, 50% positive and 50% negative, and that that is how it's supposed to be, right? Opposition in all things, that pain and suffering are built into life on purpose. If you can't accept that, you are going to increase your suffering because you're always going to believe that something isn't right. Now, one of my coaches, Bert Castillo, says, when we argue with our pain, we suffer. We only argue with our pain because we think we shouldn't be feeling it. We think life is supposed to only be happy, so we can only feel like life is going right when we feel good. But guess what? Look at the world around you. There is happiness and there is sadness. There's good and bad, joy and pain everywhere for everyone. No one is exempt. No one. That tells me that this is exactly how life was meant to be. I remember one day when I felt like everything in the world was going terribly wrong, or at least in my world, I was probably being very dramatic. And this question came into my mind. Do you believe that God is perfect? And I answered, yes, like I actually really do believe that God is perfect. And then this question came into mind. Do you think a perfect God would make a mistake in how he set up this world and this mortal existence? And that question really stopped me in my tracks because I had to admit that if I thought that God was perfect and all-powerful and all-knowing, then how things work on this earth is exactly how they were meant to be. There are no mistakes here. The imperfect world is perfectly designed. And obviously, a major part of this perfect plan is our Savior, who makes up for the fact that we had to be 
in an imperfect world for the perfect plan to work. Anyways, I know that's a little bit of a tangent, but even though we don't like pain and sadness and negative emotions, me especially, it's all part of the perfect plan. And when we argue with that, we suffer. So a big way to stop your unnecessary suffering is to stop telling yourself that you shouldn't be feeling any emotional pain. I have a client who has just received a big promotion at work, and so naturally she's excited, but she's also really scared and feeling really inadequate. Now, she's never had this kind of responsibility before, and as we were talking, she said, I hate that I feel so petrified. Now, of course, no one wants to feel afraid because that's super uncomfortable, but isn't it natural to feel a little fear or even a lot of fear when you are faced with doing something new? Of course it is. That is the human experience. Humans feel scared about the unknown. But instead of just having compassion for herself and telling herself, of course I feel afraid and that's okay, I can just feel this, I'm okay. What she keeps saying is, something is going wrong here. I shouldn't be afraid. I must be afraid because I'm not cut out for this and everyone is going to see that because if I was capable of this position, I wouldn't be afraid. So now, not only is she feeling scared, She's also feeling a ton of resistance to how she's feeling, and she's feeling criticized and judged by herself. So now she's suffering unnecessarily. Does that make sense? The pain she feels because she's faced with doing something new, that's completely normal. Our brain wants to keep us safe, and new situations don't feel safe, so we're going to freak out a little bit. We get scared. But adding all of the story of how she wished she wasn't afraid and how obviously she's not cut out for this, all of that, that causes unnecessary suffering. Resistance to what is, is the biggest cause of our unnecessary suffering. Of course, we want all the circumstances in our lives to be perfect because then we can just be happy. We get all tied up in how we think things should be, right? How our husband should act, how the government should handle things, how the school should be, how our adult children should behave. And when those things or those people don't do it how we think they should, we suffer. But we suffer only because we tell ourselves that everything is going wrong. Here is something I just want you to consider. What if everything is exactly as it should be? What if it's actually perfect? Kind of like I was talking about before. If a perfect God set the world up in this way, then could that mean that everything is exactly as it should be? Now, I know that this can be hard to wrap your head around. It took me time to wrap my head around this idea, and you certainly don't have to adopt this way of thinking if it doesn't work for you. But honestly, it can be so helpful. Just think about the little ways that you have unnecessary suffering in your life. Like, have you ever had a day that was planned out perfectly? It's a super busy day, but you've got everything accounted for. You can get where you need to be and you can get it all done and it's going to be amazing and all of the deadlines are going to be met. And then you get a call from the school and your child is sick or injured. And now suddenly you have to put aside all the things that you were going to do to now go pick up that child and potentially wait in urgent care or be at home caring for them. Now, my brain instantly tells me that something has gone wrong. And I immediately ask myself, how in the world am I ever going to meet the deadlines or get the things done that need to be done? And I start to freak out. But I'm only freaking out because I think that my plan was the one that was supposed to happen today and that this child's illness or injury wasn't supposed to happen today. But as soon as I remind myself, oh, this was always the way my day was going to go 
This is actually the perfect plan. Then I can settle down because I'm no longer in resistance to what is. And I try to be a woman of faith and remind myself that none of this is a surprise to God. And so obviously he knows that there's another way to get my to-do list taken care of. And honestly, he always comes through. It always works out because he's not surprised and he can make anything work out. So even if you struggle believing that everything is exactly as it should be, or believing that this is how it was always supposed to go, or that this is perfect, more perfect than my plan, especially if you're struggling believing it about something really big in your life right now, start by practicing it in the smaller things. Maybe you can't quite get your head wrapped around how your daughter having sex with her boyfriend was always how it was going to go. But can you get your head wrapped around how your clogged toilet is exactly as it should be right now? Do you know what I mean? Practice with smaller things if you can't wrap your head around it. Now, this is not to say that because things are exactly as they should be or perfect as they are, that you are not going to feel negative emotions about that. It's okay to feel sad, disappointed, or grieved. What this helps you do is drop the story that it shouldn't be this way. It helps you to get to a place of, of course, it should be this way because this is the way it is. Or even if you can say, of course, I wish it wasn't this way, but it is this way. Even that steps you closer to acceptance and less resistance. So it's okay to be disappointed that your daughter's having sex with her boyfriend. But when you keep telling yourself this shouldn't be happening, you're now adding suffering to your disappointment. And when you are resistant to what is, you can't problem solve well. You get so focused on wishing things weren't how they are that you can't access the part of your brain that helps you know what to do now. You first have to at least say, whether I like it or not, this is what is happening right now. This is exactly what it is. So now what do I wanna do about it? Who do I want to be in this situation? You're gonna take yourself out of unnecessary suffering and be in a more empowered place. Because when you are being resistant to what is, you're actually in a victim mindset. This shouldn't be is a victim mentality that's going to keep you stuck every time. Another way we add unnecessary suffering to our lives is when we believe that there is better than here. Here's what I mean when I say this. When we think that life would be better somewhere else, or that sometime in the future, when we get to some far off point, then we're going to get to be happy, we add suffering to our lives. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have goals that you want to achieve or go for. What I mean is that so many of us believe we can't be happy where we are right now because we don't weigh the right amount, or we don't have enough money, or the weather isn't good enough where we live, or our house isn't big enough. We don't have the relationship we want and so on. But I want to argue that maybe that just isn't true because when you get there to that place you think you need to get to be happy, you will still be there. You and the same brain you have here are going to be there. And if your brain can't be happy here, it probably can't be happy there either. I see this all the time with my clients, especially when I'm coaching other coaches. And I've done this myself, so I can't really be critical of it. I'm just learning. But this is what they'll say. I can feel like I'm successful when I get a paying client, right? They've just started coaching. And they're like, as soon as somebody pays me, I'm going to feel like I'm successful. And then they get that paying client and they still feel like they're a fraud. Okay, okay. I'll feel successful when I get this many followers on social media or when I make my first $10,000. And then they do that. 
and they still feel like they aren't successful. Oh, okay, uh, I'll feel successful when I'm booked months out and can start group coaching. But that happens and they still don't feel successful. It's not because the goals were too small or there's a problem with the goal at all. It's just because the way they think about themselves comes with them. They couldn't believe they were successful and no outside circumstance changed that for them. Or you can look on the other end of the scale. My husband and I have been married for almost 26 years now. And the first 15 years of our marriage, my husband was in school and I was home having babies and raising them. We lived in a lot of different places, most of them super small for our growing family. And relative to the money we have now, we were poor. But we were honest to goodness happy. Now, of course, it's not because we didn't have ups and downs and all of the things. And anybody who knows me knows there was times that were really hard. But overall, we were happy. Now we live in a house that is beyond big enough for our crew and we have money to do a lot more with, but I am no happier now than I was then, truly. I am happy, like I am really happy, but I was happy back then and I believe that's actually why I'm happy now because my brain came with me. So if you want to be happy there, wherever there is for you, learn to be happy here. Recognize that you create unnecessary suffering when you believe that all your happiness is waiting for you down the line. You can look forward to things that is awesome, but don't get caught in the trap of, I can't be happy until, okay? That creates unnecessary suffering. Another reason we have unnecessary suffering in our lives is because we actually think we are supposed to suffer. This is so funny, but I see this all the time. I've seen this in myself. I see it in my clients. I see it in people at church. We honestly think that suffering is the right order of things. So if we aren't suffering, we must not be doing life right. We must be doing things wrong. Now, I know some of you are thinking that this is crazy because you don't necessarily see how you do this and maybe you don't, but there are others of you out there who are nodding your head. We are actually uncomfortable when things feel good. We are scared about what will come along to end our happiness, and so we insert suffering even into our goodness so that we aren't surprised when suffering shows up. Have you ever asked yourself, when's the shoe going to drop? That thought is just really saying, good things and good feelings can't last, and so soon enough, I'm going to be in pain again. Anticipating pain actually makes us suffer before we're even feeling any pain. I was recently listening to a podcast with my husband and they were talking about a study that they'd done about people getting into cold water. So they were studying people who were the types that just ran in and plunged right into the water head first, just go for it, get yourself totally soaked. And then the people that are like me, who kind of put your foot in and like, oh my goodness, that's so cold and slowly move your foot in, then your next foot, get it up to your knees and just this half an hour experience of finally getting into the water. And what they discovered, which is not surprising at all, is that the people who take the longest to get into the water suffer the most. Because not only are they having to feel the cold, just like the other person who dived in, they have to have all of the pain that they're experiencing in their brain. All of the stories about how cold this is, how terrible this is, I don't want to do this, this is going to hurt so much, this is the worst. That whole experience that you have in your brain when you won't just jump into the water. 
So how is the anticipation of pain actually giving you unnecessary suffering in your life? Now, honestly, I'm so guilty of this. When I feel great, my brain always says, enjoy this while it lasts because it's not going to last forever. So here's what I have to do and I still have to practice. I just thank my brain and then I dismiss the thought. I don't have to have a big fight with it. I just say, thank you so much. But right now, I'm going to have gratitude that this feels good right now and that I'm happy and I'm going to feel all the joy and all the fun. Now, it will actually take a minute for my body to recalibrate because the thought that this won't last feels really terrible and my body has actually experienced it. But if I require myself to get back into the moment I'm in and not go into the future worry, just be very present and having gratitude and just allowing myself to be where I am, then that terrible feeling will pass and I can go back to enjoying the right now of my life. Okay, so I kind of practice really rejoicing and showing gratitude when life is good and feels good instead of nurturing those thoughts like enjoy this while it lasts. And just like I talked about before, resistance to what is causes unnecessary suffering. And that includes resistance to what is good, resistance to positive emotions. Did you know that you do this? When you think that life is supposed to be hard, you are resisting positive emotions. So watch yourself and be onto yourself. Do you feel like suffering and pain is actually the natural order of things? It's super fascinating how we want to feel happy all the time and we want life to be easy, but when we are happy and life feels easy, we actually think something is going wrong. So it's so funny because we think things are going wrong when we're suffering and we think things are going wrong when we're not suffering. Some of us are what I refer to as addicted to hard. We think things have to be hard and that life is supposed to be hard. And if it's not, we're obviously not working hard enough, doing enough, being enough, because life is only easy and happy for the lazy or ignorant. So we can't enjoy when life is easy. And because we're addicted to hard or believe it shouldn't feel good to be a human ever, we actually end up creating hard things. Did you know that you do this? Did you know that your brain is always creating something? and it's always wanting to be proved right. So if you think things should be hard, your brain will create hard things because it's always creating and it will always create the proof it needs to be right. So we create so much unnecessary suffering when we believe that life is supposed to always be hard. It's so fascinating. Life is 50-50, right? If we think we should be 100% happy all the time, we are going to suffer because that's not real life. If we think we should suffer 100% of the time, guess what? We will. Not because life is making it that way, but because we are. You know, so many of us look at people who have an amazing job that pays them a lot of money and so much free time and so much flexibility. And even though we all kind of want to have that life, we also think they're not doing life right, obviously, because that's not reality, right? Reality can't be that good. But in reality, that is their reality. It's just not ours because we don't think it's right to feel that good all the time. So we spend our days criticizing their great life instead of believing that we could have that life too if we just didn't cling on to the belief that the most morally superior life is a life of suffering and pain. Not because their lives are absent of suffering, but many of us believe that life should be all suffering. Even though we hate that, we think that that is the right order of things. So 
be onto yourself. Are you addicted to suffering? Are you the person that only complains on social media or to your friends or to your spouse or even to yourself? Do you think your life is so hard and so unfair, but if it gets easy or happy, it feels too uncomfortable for you? Do you believe, maybe not consciously, but you know, now that we've kind of talked about this, do you believe that maybe you are someone who believes that life is pain, as they say in Princess Bride, and if it isn't painful that you're not doing it right? You may be addicted to pain and suffering and hard, and that is unnecessary suffering. If you want to stop this in your life, you're first going to have to be aware of it. You're going to have to start to see how often you say that life is hard. This is so hard. This is hard. You're going to have to see if you're more comfortable in the hard and in the pain than you are in the ease and happiness. Because once you see it, then you can start to decide to think differently. I talked about going complaint-free in another podcast. That is a good place to start. You may also have to experience a little discomfort and be willing to experience a little discomfort as you practice allowing yourself to believe that life can be easy and fun and happy at least 50% of the time. I actually think it can be more than that at certain times in our lives, but that's beside the point. It may not be comfortable at first, but keep practicing allowing yourself to feel peace, happiness, ease, gratitude. That's such a huge way to happiness. We also suffer unnecessarily when we get focused on worst case scenario. And again, our brains naturally go there because our brains like to watch for problems. This happens to us when we're making big plans or we're doing something for the first time. This can happen to us when we're anticipating something really wonderful happening or coming our way. Our brain steps in and starts to tell us all the ways that things can go wrong. So if you're someone who thinks worst case scenario all the time, you can do one of two things. You can one, allow yourself a few minutes to go to the place where the worst case scenario happens. Go there in your mind and find out if it's actually as bad as you think it will be. Most of the time you're gonna find out that, oh, I'd actually still be okay. And the worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to feel a negative emotion. And then you can decide from there if you want to proceed or not, or if there's anything that you can do that will decrease the chance of worst case scenario. Now, don't get all tied up in trying to solve for every little possible problem. If the worst case scenario is that your computer might not work when you need it to, then you can just be sure you have a backup on hand. You know what I mean? That's the kind of solving I'm talking about. The other thing you can do when your brain wants to go to worst case scenario is just be the boss of your brain and do what Gabby Bernstein says. Don't think worst case scenario, choose joy because it's all a choice and you don't need to let your brain go down the rabbit hole. Take yourself back to gratitude and you will find joy. Another thing I want to share that Gabby Bernstein said that I really love is this, be in the positive expectation of what is coming. I love that so much. Let me say it again. Be in the positive expectation of what is coming. What if we lived like this instead of the expectation that something awful is on its way? Okay, so when your brain wants to go worst case scenario or worries about what's coming and when the next shoe is going to drop, what if you decided instead to believe that the best is yet to come and that something wonderful is on its way? For those of you addicted to hard, this will require you to be really mindful, but it will feel way better. When your brain says, what if something awful happens? You can answer back, but what if something awesome happens? 
The last way I want to talk today about unnecessary suffering and the way that we create it is thinking that something is going to be hard, especially when we're going to do something new. I have to do some maintenance on my website and my brain just keeps saying, this is going to be so hard. And then I suffer. I suffer because I feel afraid and overwhelmed and I suffer because the work isn't getting done and it weighs on me. What would change for all of us if we started to ask, how can this be easy? Or is it possible this could be easy? Or I want to see all the ways that this is easy. Why do we always think this is going to be so hard? Why do we not think this is going to be so fun? Or how can I make this fun? We anticipate that tasks are going to be hard and so we suffer before we begin. So you can start to ask yourself when you're faced with a big task, how can I make this fun? Or what if this is going to be super easy? I hope that you are a little more aware of ways you may be causing yourself unnecessary suffering. Awareness is the key to reducing it because once you see it, you can change it. If you struggle with this, this is my specialty. I help people identify where they are suffering unnecessarily and I help them stop. If you think that you need help with this, click on the link in my show notes to book a free 25-minute session with me. It will be under meet with me, I think. This will give you a quick sneak peek into coaching and will let you see if what I have to offer will help you. It is completely free and there is no obligation to continue with me, but regardless of what happens on that session, you will leave with something to help you going forward. I hope you have a great week, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jaylandstephancoaching.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Jamal and Stephan Coaching.